all sing that together. Page number 40, if you need the words, let's sing it out together. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. We serve a great God this morning. Amen. Let's sing it out all together. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Lift up your banner, let the anthems ring. Praises to our King. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Amen. Let's go ahead and turn to page number 30. Page number 30. All hail the power of Jesus' name. We'll sing all four verses this morning. Page number 30. We serve an all-powerful God this morning. Amen. Let's sing it out on the first. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the just starting our song service, but how many would say you're already singing your best? Now we're meddling a little. I think we can sing a little better. Look at that last verse. It says, Oh, that with yonder sacred throng, we at his feet may fall. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. Now, how are you going to be singing in heaven one day? Why don't we just go ahead and start practicing right now? Amen. He's our audience. So let's sing it out to him this morning like you've never sang before. All right. Let's sing it out on the last verse. All that you've got this morning for the Lord. Oh, that with yonder sacred throne we at his feet make fall. We'll join the everlasting. 
a time that'll be in heaven when we get to sing. Amen. Great start this morning. Mercy, that was good uh, this morning. Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. And uh, glad you made it here uh, despite the rain and maybe ice. I don't know. But thankfully, we got a dry, warm place uh, to meet with the Lord. Amen. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, this morning and ask God's blessing on our services. I'm going to ask Brother David uh, Griffin if you would pray for us this morning. Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, this morning? And uh, of course, did uh, just want to mention a few uh, announcements uh, tonight. Uh, don't forget about tonight. Of course, we'll have our Bible study tonight at six o'clock, and then our evening service tonight at six thirty. But then, following our evening service, there will be a linger longer over uh, in the uh, fellowship hall, as well as the teen uh, chili cook-off. And so, I want to encourage you. Uh, to bring some finger foods and uh, stay uh, late tonight and have some uh, fellowship and you can even eat some chili at your own risk amen and people think I'm joking about that but I remember when my son was making his chili for the teen department and he was cooking it on the stove and I was laying over there on the couch taking a Sunday afternoon nap and my eyes started burning and watering and I didn't even taste it and so I'm just telling you, uh, be, be careful of those kind of things. And no, I don't think I ever did eat any of it. Amen. That's why I'm still alive today. Uh, some things coming up uh, in uh, November. Uh, quite, quite a few things, but did just want to mention uh, particularly uh, the, church, uh, the church hayride and cookout. That is on Friday, the, uh, November the 10th. And there is a sign-up sheet in the outer foyer there if you plan on coming to that. We're also going to get a sign-up sheet out there for different kinds of things that people uh, can bring because we usually do s'mores and hot dogs and, and things like that. And so we'd ask that you would help us out uh, with that. It is going to be at uh, the Watson's Compound. I like the name of that. Uh, the uh, 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 Brother E.J. Watson and Miss Anita Watson's old place there. And so uh, we do ask that uh, we ask people, we have a bus that will take you from here over to there. And so the bus, uh, if you want to be here at the church, it's by 6.30. You can get on the bus and ride over there, if, and it starts at 7. If you do need to take your own vehicle, you can get with Brother Eric Watson about the address uh, over there. But did just want to mention uh, those things. And then, of course, uh, the Thanksgiving banquet this year is on November the 19th, which is the Sunday before uh, Thanksgiving. And so we are going to have our, our regular morning services and then uh, Brother Frank Wood is going to be here with us, and he's going to be preaching in the Sunday morning service. And so then we're going to have a big uh, meal over in the E.J. Watson Gymnasium. And so if you want to bring some food for that, uh, we would sure appreciate that. We are going to be doing some uh, turkeys and hams and things like that. So uh, I think some of the men are going to help us out with that again this year. And so we'll, we'll get all that uh, lined out. But looking forward to a great day in the Lord. And then, of course, we'll come back over and have an afternoon service. There'll be no evening service. And then also wanted to mention this, our midweek service for the week of Thanksgiving is Tuesday night, November the 21st at 7 o'clock instead of Wednesday night. That way people have time to travel 
and cook and well you got to get ready to eat right amen so you got to get your stretchy pants on November's one of my favorite months. You just eat all the time. Amen. Let's turn to page number five. Stand with me again, if you would. Page number five. Oh, worship the king. We'll sing all verses this morning. Page number five. Oh, worship the king. Oh, I sing this song. I love the last part of that. He's our maker, our defender, our redeemer, but he's our friend. Praise the Lord for all that God is to us. Amen. I love that song. Let's turn to page 213. Page number 213. Holy, holy, holy. Our God is holy. Amen. Let's sing it out together on the first. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty.
Let's get around and shake hands together this morning. Good to see each one of you here today. Thankful for those visiting back with us this morning as well. If you lost that page number, let's sing it out on the last verse. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Great singing this morning. Brother Tim. The men will come ahead for the offering. I'd like to read to you from 1 Chronicles 29. After they have uh, uh, gotten the offerings for the temple, David says in verse 10, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thy hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. 
Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. Brother Will Kennedy, would you pray for the offering this morning? job this morning. Let's turn to page 692 for our last song. Let's stand one last time. Page 692. We've already sang about it this morning. When we get to heaven, we're going to be singing to the Lord. Amen. When we all get to heaven, what a day that's going to be. Sing it out on that first verse. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace in the mansions bright and blessed. He'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory while we walk the pilgrim pathway. Clouds will overspread the sky, but when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. Sing it out this morning. 
day that's going to be. Amen. Wonderful singing. You may be seated. Just before the message this morning, Brother Tim Quillen is going to come and sing. scars the scars had left pain how could he recognize me I wasn't the same I knew I should pay and I knew the price for justice and law demanded my life. But his tender heart heard my desperate cry, and he saw my past. Through merciful eyes, beautiful, that's how mercy saw me. Though I was broken and so lost, mercy looked past all my faults. The justice of God saw what I had done. Mercy saw me through the sun. Not what I was, but what I could be. That's how mercy saw me. Whatever you've done, you can't go too far. That is eyes of mercy. Can't see where you are. He loves you too much. To leave you alone Your flesh of his flesh And bone of his bone And his heart cries out 
for your heart today. See yourself through his eyes, and then you can say, Sin had stolen my dignity and left me high and dry. But I was made brand new again when mercy looked at me. Beautiful, that's how mercy saw me. Though I was broken and so lost, mercy looked past all my faults. The justice of God saw what I had done. Mercy saw me through the sun. Not what I was, but what I could be. That's how mercy saw me. Not what I was, but what I could be. That's how mercy saw me. For the mercy of God, amen. And I uh, would look upon, I just got to be the mercy of God to think Brother Tim's beautiful, amen. That's, amen. And uh, no, that's spiritual, spiritual, all right, spiritual context there, amen. So what a blessing. I enjoyed that. So grateful that for the mercy of God, amen. Well, take your Bibles and turn to Romans in chapter number 16. And uh, let's all stand in honor of God's word if you're able uh, to stand. And uh, we are going to finish it up uh, this morning. I'm excited about our next study. If you don't know, it's going to be the Gospel of Luke. And I'm glad that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. And that we can be saved. And so excited about that. But also a blessing to finish out uh, the book of Romans uh, this morning. We know that in the beginning of this chapter, there is a tremendous amount of names uh, that are given Uh, commending and greeting and saluting, greeting one another with a holy kiss. That's a handshake in the Greek, right? Uh, And uh, so so there's all of those things there. That's the helpers. Then there's the hinders. But I think that this morning would be appropriate uh, to finish out. Look down at verse number 25 there. I I love verse number 24, of course. It talks about... The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And I love, I love the Apostle Paul's heart because here's, here's what the heart of God's people ought to be. We want the best for God's people. We want the grace of God to be on, on, the, on, on God's people's lives. We want the blessings of God. And so no doubt that's within his heart. But then here's what he says in verse number 25. He says, Now to him that is of power to establish you, According to my gospel, in the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith, to God 
only wise be glory through, Christ, uh, through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now, a lot of us would look at that and we would say, now, you know, that's what, what, what's, what, what is this and what is this, you know, how are we going to preach on this? It, it's what's called a doxology. Now, if you're like me, you'd go, what is a doxology? Because it's not like we walk around going to Walmart going, I need a doxology. I'd be thinking that's set me up with a doctor's appointment. I need a doxologist. All right, but a doxology is, it is a hymn or a paragraph of words that, that offer praise unto God. Well, guess what Paul's doing right here? He's praising God. But I want you to hone in on verse number 25. Because he says, now to him, talking about God, that, now, to, now to him that is of power to establish you. So did you catch that? So, so not only is it a praise unto God, but, but here's what I would say to you. It is, in an, it is an encouragement to the believers in Rome to stay the course. All right? That word established means, means fixed. It means, it means set fast. It literally means this. Listen to this. It means turned resolute in a certain direction. That means this. With the intention... Not to turn back. To stay the course and follow Jesus Christ. Now, now here's the thing. He says, now to him that is of power to establish you. Do you know what that means? That means this. That means that they can't, they can't stay that course on their own. There, there's only one that can establish them. There's only one. Oh, come on. There's only one that can set them fast. That'd be our God. You know what he's saying? He's saying this, you, you need to depend on God. It's kind of like this. This is the way I put it in my vernacular. It's kind of like this. Guys, God's had His hand on you. And if you want Him to keep His hand on you, then here's the things that you need to be concerned with. And that's what begins to follow in, in, in our text. So, so let me kind of share with you my heart this morning. I believe God has His hand on Faith Baptist Church. I, 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 listen, I wouldn't be here if I, if I, if I thought He didn't. I, I believe He does. Uh, we, we've seen people saved. We, we've seen, we, we've seen uh, you know, Faith Baptist Church grow numerically and, and certainly spiritually. I, we've seen our faith promise grow. Uh, we, we've seen uh, young men answer the call to preach. We're, we're sending out people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what a blessing that is. So, so what I would say to you is this. We've seen God's hand on Faith Baptist Church. And if we're going to continue to see God's hand on Faith Baptist Church, then I would say to you, we probably need to listen to some things right here so that we can be established and resolute and... Father, would you bless the preaching now? And God, again, just asking that you would use me in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, this morning. I, uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, the first house that Natalie and I were uh, uh, able to buy, God allowed us to buy, was actually my grandparents' house uh, when we first got married. Uh, they had built another house, and so they allowed us to purchase their home uh, for us. And, and so it was uh, one of those older houses that was built back in the 60s, but 
we were able to kind of take it and, and fix it up and, and things like that. And I've said this on, on several occasions, but my grandfather had a green thumb. And so that, there, there were plants all over that place and all over that yard. And there were two, in our front yard, there were these two big azalea bushes. And I don't know if we have those in Kansas, but they were, you know, uh, very, they're very predominant down uh, through the southeast and, and certainly in the panhandle of Florida. And if you know anything about azalea bushes, then you know this, that if you don't trim them back, they will take over. And so that's what, by the time Natalie and I got the house and we started uh, and moved in and, and stuff like that, there was one uh, by the driveway that was starting to take over the driveway. And then there was one over in the center of the yard that was just ginormous. It was, it was huge and you couldn't even hardly uh, see the house, you know, uh, on the other side of it. So I, this is what I, I said this, I don't have a green thumb, I have a black thumb. So pretty much anything I plant's going to die very soon. But I do know this, I know how to mow grass. So I decided I was going to go out there and I was going to uh, cut those azalea bushes down. And so I got to the first one on the driveway there and I, it wasn't quite as big. And so I started out with that one and I cut everything down and I got my axe out and my, uh, uh, my shovel out and I started chopping and, and got that one up. But the one in the middle was a different story altogether. When I started cutting that thing down, come to find out, it wasn't just one azalea bush. It was like 10 to 12 azalea bushes altogether. There were roots and stuff. I was basically digging up the entire front yard, and I was digging and chopping for days, and I could not, I could not get that thing out. Now, what I'm trying to illustrate to you is this, is that that is how God's people need to be resolute. Now, now you understand, now, now in my defense, I will say this, I didn't give up and I got it out, all right? But here's how I got it out. I dug a trench all the way around and I wrapped a toe strap around it and I tied it to my Nissan four-wheel drive that was jacked up and had big old mud tires on it and the neighbors came out and watched the show and I pulled it out. But what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that that is how God's people are to be. That is how the Lord's churches are to be. We're to be established. We're to be fixed. We're to be we're to be resolute. When I saw when I saw that definition of that word that word established right there, that it means resolute to be to turn resolute in a certain direction, to be fixed in a certain direction. I don't know about you, but what came to my mind was Ruth in the Old Testament that said, "Let thy God be my God to Naomi." and and let thy people be my people. And what Naomi was doing was trying to persuade her to go back. But, but Ruth had set her eyes on, on the promised land and said, that is where I want to go. And nothing could sway her course. And what I'm saying to you is this, that is how God's people ought to be. And I think it's appropriate that as Paul is finishing out this letter to the Romans, that is... That is exactly what he is encouraging uh, the Roman believers to do. Now here, li listen, I think this is, this is important. We, we, need, we need that kind of Ruth grit in our day. Be because, because we are seeing far too many of God's people turning away and back to the things of the world. Now you understand, I could sit here this morning and I could, we could speculate on, on all kinds of reasons why we could say, well, maybe they weren't saved. To begin with, and that could be true. Maybe they really didn't repent and put their faith and trust 
in Jesus Christ. Maybe it is that, that they just weren't willing to turn loose of the things of the world and eventually it sucked them back in. Maybe some trial or tribulation came in their way and they were ignorant of spiritual warfare uh, because here's the thing. Once you get saved, the devil can't get your salvation, but he can sure try to ruin your testimony. And there will be all kinds of things that will try to get you to turn back on the things of God. But this is what I know, that in the pattern of the Scriptures, you got to understand this, the pattern of the Scriptures where the believers put their faith and trust in Christ and they served God for a lifetime. It was not a phase of life that they went through and just tried out for a little while and then six months went back to the old ways. Rather, it was a new life altogether to live in Jesus Christ until He comes for us or He calls us home. And, and so that's, that's why Paul is ending it this way, to be established, to be unmovable. I, I would say to you this, that we're seeing churches in our day and time change course. What was once a doctrinally sound Bible-preaching church where the gospel was proclaimed and, and people were saved is now becoming havens of entertainment. The walls are painted black and the music changes to something more worldly sounding and appealing to the audience and there is little to no emphasis on the Word of God. And the result is this. People aren't getting right with God and lives aren't being changed. And when entertainment runs its course, the crowd moves on and then the money moves on. And guess what? There's nothing left but an empty building. And we're watching that all across the United States. But again, please listen to this. That's not the pattern of churches within the Word of God. Churches were never meant to become like the world so they could win the world. You and I have more influence on the world when we're less like the world and more like Jesus Christ. Listen, when people come into Faith Baptist Church, I don't want them to hear the same music they hear on their rock stations on the radio. I want them to hear music that honors and, and glorifies God. Why? Because you're not the audience He is. This is a place. Listen, this is not a place of entertainment. This is a place for the preaching of God's Word. It's where it's to be emphasis. because here's why. Because when we humble ourselves and we do what God says, listen, that is when people are saved. That is when lives are changed. That is when God does a work in and through us. So here's the thing. So here's, here's what the Bible says. I want you to listen to this. In 2 Peter 1.3, here's what it says. It says, According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He says, so here's what Peter's saying. God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Do you know what that means? That means this, child of God. Listen to this. That means this. God's not shortchanged you and me. That means that if people were faithful in the first century, in the second century, in far, far greater circumstances than we have ever been in, then I'm saying to you, we can still be faithful and established and fixed in 2023. In fact, I would say to you this, here's what Jesus says about His church. He said unto Peter in Matthew 16, 18, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What I'm saying to you is this, is that whether it's an individual believer that's here this morning and knows Christ as their Savior, 
or it's us as a church, as Faith Baptist Church, I'm saying to you, we can still be established. We can be fixed. We can be resolute. We can stay the course. But here's how you got to do it. We can have God's hand on us, and we can keep it, but here's how you got to do it. Look, look at what he says here. Let me, let me give you some things here. Look down at verse number 25. He says, Now to him that is of power to establish you, and I love this, watch, watch these words. He says, According to my gospel in the preaching of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's almost like they were preaching. <laughs> didn't say the music. He didn't say, and according to the praise band. Look at what he said. According to the preaching of Jesus, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but is now mani- but is now made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God. Listen to this. Made known to all nations for the obedience of the faith. You know what I would say to you? I would say this, is that if we're going to stay the course and we're going to keep God's hand on us, then here's what I believe Paul's saying right here is this. The message of the gospel has to be the main message. It's got to remain the main message. There's a reason why the, the message of the gospel, and I think that that becomes clear here, in the preaching of Jesus Christ, it's the main subject through these two verses. And the reason is because it's what Paul wants them to be established in, to be fixed in, to be resolute in. As a believer we have, who has received the message of the gospel and been saved, it, this is now what my life is to center around. But even as a church, this is to be our main message. Listen to this. And the moment we as individuals or corporately as a church, the moment we deviate from that, listen to this, that's the moment the ship changes course and we're in trouble. We're, we're in trouble. I, I love this. Look down at verse number 25 again. Let's kind of chew on this for a minute. Y'all okay? Look at what he says there. He, he says, now to him that is of power to establish you according to... Now watch, look at what he says. Do you notice he says, my gospel? He doesn't say the gospel or a gospel. He says, my gospel. You you understand there's a reason for that? Do you know this? That even during Paul's day, there were believers and there were churches that were beginning, they they were tempted and beginning to move away from the gospel as their main message. In fact, um, you, you, you may not have this in your Bible, all right, but I do in mine. At the, end of, at the end of the book of Romans, all right, at the end, after verse number 27, where it says, To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. There's a little addendum there. And mine says this. It says, Written to the Romans from Corinthus, and sent by Phoebe, servant of the church at Centria. So that's what my Bible says right there at the little end there. little addendum there that tells you who delivered the message, which was, uh, Phoebe from, from out of the church at Centria, but it also says this, it was written from Corinthus, which is talking about the city of Corinth. Now, now, come on now, if you, if, you, if you know anything about the church at Corinth, you know that they were carnal, right? And so Paul writes them a letter. Now here's the thing, he had just left there, and he's right, having to address them and write them a letter. And, and, and in the letter, in chapter number 15, 
he begins to talk with them about a false doctrine that had come among them. And he says this in verse number 12 of, of chapter 15. How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And, and you understand? And he begins to draw out the idea that, wait a minute, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then wait a minute, Christ hasn't risen from the dead. And if Christ hasn't risen from the dead, well, we're in a lot of trouble. Because the reality is, here's what the gospel, here's what he says is the gospel at the very beginning of the chapter. Christ did die and was buried according to the Scriptures. Catch this. And that He did rise from the dead according to the Scriptures. Anybody getting this? So you understand what they were doing was they were taking away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And He's trying to confront them on that to say, no, 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 no. You're, you're starting to veer. You're starting to move away from my gospel, which is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Anybody get what I'm saying? In fact, uh, I'll, I'll, let me also say this, that it's interesting to note that, that you and I, where you and I are finishing in the epistle to the Romans, Paul would eventually end up in Rome in prison. He'd end up in the Mamertine uh, prison. I got to go there when we were uh, in Rome in Italy. And from this prison, listen to this, and from this prison he would address the churches in Galatia, which is the book of Galatians. Those churches were planted on his first missionary journey. Now please listen to this. Here's what he would say to them in Galatians 3.1. Oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? You know why he said that? Because there were some Jews coming in and, and telling them they needed to keep the law of Moses and they needed to be circumcised. And so they were listening and guess what? They were starting to veer. Is everybody catching this? So, so you understand, and then, be, be fact, so that's why Paul would say this in Galatians 5 1. He would say, Stand fast. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. It's the same idea of the way he's ending the book of Romans, encouraging them to be resolute, to be going in a continued direction, and not to veer away from following Jesus Christ. See, the idea is this, is that where the church at Corinth was taking from the gospel, guess what? The churches in Galatia were adding to it. And Paul was saying, listen, there, there, there's a ditch on both sides of the road. Don't go in that one and don't go in that one. Stay the course. Can I, can I say something to you this morning? That just like they're adding to and taking away during Paul's day, they're adding to and taking away in our day. Do you know, there, there's, there's some that are coming along on the scene and saying things like this, and unfortunately it's happened among a bunch of Baptists. Well, well you know, that, you, you know that, that God predestines uh, you know, just a certain few to be saved and then predestines everybody else to, to die and go to hell. That's wicked. That, that's ungodly. No, no, no. Be, be a fact. Look at, our, <laughs> look at our text. Oh, come on. Look at this. Look at the end of verse number 26. He says this. He, so he says, by, But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God. Look at this. Made known to all nations. Do you know what that means? That means exactly what Paul would write under the inspiration of the Spirit of God in Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
It's not, listen, no, 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 no. The gospel is for every creature. And man is a free moral agent to choose whether to receive it or reject it. But God can save anybody. And God wants everybody to be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You want, you want, you want, you want, you want to know you want to know what will kill a church in a heartbeat is when it veers and chases after the false doctrine of Calvinism. Listen, the next thing you know, they're not reaching out to the lost. They're not trying to bring kids in and give them tracts and talk to them about the gospel and bring them in on buses and have harvest parties and vacation Bible schools and all these things. They're not doing any of that kind of stuff. And they're just sitting there going, well, I guess we'll wait till the predestination of God kicks in. Let me help you with this. Predestination never has anything to do with our salvation. It has everything to do with after we've been saved, we are predestined to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. But until a person is saved, predestination has nothing to do with it. God wants every person to be saved. And when we veer from that, we're killing the church. We're killing the church. And it's the same way. Listen, people adding to it. And I know we would say, well, preacher, we're not adding baptism and, and, and church membership and, and the Lord's Supper. And that's, that's the denominations out there amongst Christendom and Christianity. And I, and I get all that, but even some Baptists are saying things like, Lordship salvation. And all this stuff, well, you, you just got to be obedient. You got to start doing right. And that, that's, that'll be what's... Listen, let's not complicate and frustrate the gospel. You, you understand? You ain't got to lay on the bathroom floor for four days crying out to God to be saved. The moment you humble yourself and call upon Him to be saved, guess what? He'll save you. That, that's all it is. It's, listen, it's as simple as Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know what saves a person? It is believing and confessing that Jesus is the Christ. That's what saves a person. It's exactly how chapter, verse number 20, verse number 26 ends where it says this, For the obedience of faith. It's as simple as that. Now let me, let me, let me point something else out to you. So let's, let's, let's not take away from it. Let's not take away from the gospel. And let's not, let's not add to it. Is everybody with me? So, but, but I, I like this. I like, look back, back at verse number 25 again, because he says this. He says, now, now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, watch this, and the preaching, and the preaching of Jesus Christ. See, the point is this, is that some churches aren't taken away from it or adding to it. Do you know this? They're just not preaching it. It's become more about entertainment. Music has become the emphasis. And please, please don't misunderstand me this morning. Don't walk out of this place going, I'm against music. No, I'm, I'm all for good godly music. And, and music has its place. But you understand, I, I loved I, Brother, Brother Quinlan's special this morning. The songs are fantastic. Love all of it. But you understand, listen, that, that music has a purpose and an intention. And it's to prepare our heart for the preaching of the Word of God. You understand? Because we come in here with all this stuff on our minds and on our hearts and this and, and that and the other. If I start naming things, your mind will go right back to it right now. 
I start thinking about the roast in the oven. Somebody, oh, it's going to burn my house down. We're thinking about everything under the sun. But when we start singing unto our God and we start thinking about Him and praising Him, and then we get our hearts ready and our minds ready and we start. And here's what I know. Here's what, here's what Paul would say to the church at Corinth. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God and the salvation. I'm going to tell you something, I want you to listen to this. It's a shame when people sit in a church service on multiple occasions and never hear a clear plan of salvation. I've had pe- we've had people come in our church and say, and I never heard anything like that. They've been going to somewhere other church their whole time, you know, for several months or years or whatever, never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and how man needs to humble himself and repent and put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Listen, listen to me. Man doesn't need any more entertainment. And I know, no, 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 no. I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. I know people are sitting here going, we've heard all this before, but you're going to hear it again. Man doesn't need any more entertainment. Man needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by the way, listen, and by the way, there shouldn't be any pressure on the man of God to bypass the gospel because he's afraid God's people are going to get bored with it. It shouldn't be where we just go, yeah, we've heard this before. Gospel, don't add to it, don't take away. No, I think we ought to be right in there saying amen. And I think we ought to be in there, right in there going, you're right, preacher, that's right, that's right, that's right. Because, here, because here's the thing, that's a testimony to people that are in this room that I'm not the only one that believes it, but you believe it as well. And we're going to preach it on Sunday mornings, and we're going to preach it, and it's probably going to get worked in there on Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and Sunday school. It's, I mean, it's just, you know, because here's the thing, that's, that's what man needs, that's where it all starts. The gospel is to be the central message of this church. But even the lives of us as individuals, well, why? Because we've received the gospel. And and when that happens and we center our lives around the gospel, center the church around the gospel, we stay the course. But let me give you something else here. Look down at verse number 25 and 26 again. He says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel... In the preaching of Jesus Christ, and I love this, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept uh, secret since the world began. So this isn't a new plan. It's, it was from the foundation of the world. All right, but now look, look at verse number 26. But now is made manifest. Now watch, watch this. Watch the emphasis. And by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment, of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Do you, do you notice things like Scripture, commandments? So what I would say to you is this, is that if we want to stay the course, please listen to this, the Scriptures have to be the sole authority for our faith and practice. You see, the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, It's not just a made-up story by the apostles. It's not some fantasy or legend. It was manifested by the life of Jesus Christ, but it was also backed up by the Word of God, thus proving the Scriptures to be true. What Paul is saying is this. 
It was a mystery that was revealed unto us. And now we can go back to the Old Testament Scriptures and see that it is true. The point is Jesus and the Word. Guess what? They go together. I said it in Sunday school like peanut butter and jelly. They go together. Think about this. He is the Word. He is the Word. The Word was made manifest and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the Word. And so, yes, if you're going to stay the course, then you have to be established on the gospel, but you also have to be established on the source of the gospel, which is the Word of God. Let me help you with this this morning as a, as a church. The Word of God, the Word of God is our, listen, that, that's, our, that's our authority for faith and practice. Everything that we do, no, 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 no. Everything that we do can be sourced back to that book right there. You, you understand what, what I'm saying to you? I, listen, I'm just telling you. He says, listen, God, God is to be worshipped in spirit and in, and let me help you with this. When you get outside of the boundaries of this book, you're no longer worshiping Him, you're worshiping you. Because you're going, I don't care what He says, I know how I feel. Well, God's saying this, I don't care how you feel, I know what I said. (laughs) That'll preach right there, that wasn't even in my notes, that's all free. (laughs) Write that one down. Do you understand? Listen, this this is how, but this is how, and I know, and I know, we've, we've hammered on this and hammered on this. But again, this is how Jesus remains the head of Faith Baptist Church. We are not legislative. We don't make up the rules. No, we're executive, meaning we carry out what God has given us in the Word of God. With the Bible, we have the commandments and words of Jesus Christ Himself and His apostles who had a firsthand account of His life and ministry. And with that, why would we listen to anything else? Why would we listen to some unconverted Roman emperor who came up with something? Or some unconverted pope. Or, 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 or the Watchtower magazine. Or, or, the, or the new, another New Testament written by Joseph Smith. Or, well, you know, I know how I felt, says the Pentecostal. Why wouldn't we listen to any of that when we have, Thus saith the Lord. But at the same time, listen, they're, they're, that's, listen that's, that's why I don't do this as the pastor. I don't go, okay, let's see what's coming down the evangelical pipeline today, That what's new that we can grab a hold of. Why don't we just stick with the Word of God? It still works. L- listen, what, what's ironic? What's ironic? Th- this is the irony of all of this, is that all of these churches today have changed because they want to be different than everybody else. But what's funny is they're all the same, and we've become the ones that are different just by staying with the Word of God. And people come in here and go, man, I ain't heard that in a long time. That's because you need to hear it. You should have been hearing it the whole time, but everybody else is veering. Guess what we're going to do? Established. Stay the course. Keep God's hand on us. Listen to me. Listen to me, but this ain't just church. Church ain't the building. It's you. It's me. And let me help you with this. Individually speaking, the greatest decision you could ever make is to humble yourself and realize, I don't know how to make this thing go. And I need God. And I want the Word of God to be the authority in my life. 
so that I can stay faithful and serve God. Listen, I, I got saved at the age of 20 in 1996. And I'm just telling you right now, there's a reason why I'm still serving the Lord. You know why? It's because when I got saved, somebody came up to me and said, okay. So I, I said, I got saved. What am I supposed to do now? And they said, you need to go come before the church and you need to follow the Lord. You need to present yourself for baptism and you need to follow the Lord of baptism. And I went, oh, man, I don't want to get up in front of these people. That are <laughs> and all of a sudden, the Lord was dealing with me and said, yeah, but I died for you. And I said, okay, I'll do it. You know what I was saying? I was saying this, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I want the Word of God to be the authority in my life. So I followed him in baptism. Is everybody catching this? And then, and then after I got baptized, I found out this, that the Bible says this, that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a man or something. And I was like, man, but I live like 25, 30 minutes away. And I work in a lot of hours. But you know what? I started coming to church on Sunday night and Wednesday night. I started being faithful. Because you know why? The Word of God's the authority in my life. Don't sit here and go, well, the Word of God's my authority. I know you don't, you're not serving the Lord. That's what I did. And then God said, I want you to, God found out where there shouldn't be any filthy communication coming out of your mouth. And I went, uh-oh. Got to change that one. God needs some help there. God began to do a work. Is anybody catching? And then God, God said, hey, you need, you need to separate under, uh, yourself unto me and start living for me. All right. And so I quit hanging out with my friends that were doing things that God said weren't good. And, and so I, I, I got away from them. And then God said, you, you know, you need, you need to tithe. All right. So I start, what's a tithe? All right. And I figured it out. Started tithe. God said, you need to give to missions. Is anybody getting the, getting the thing here? See, you understand, in the, in the years that I have been saved and been in church and been serving God, there have been a multitude, a multitude that started out in this direction, but went this way. And eventually went back. But you know why I'm still going this way? Because I got on my knees and said, I don't know what I'm doing and I need help. And I made the Word of God the authority in my life. And guess what? It works. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything for it now. I can tell you that right now. And I'm just saying the great, listen, you, you want to sit here this morning, you want to be established, and you want to be steadfast, and you want to stay the course. Listen, if you've got God's hand on your life and on your family, and you want to keep it there, guess what you do? You let the Word of God be the authority in your life. God, whatever you say you want me to do, I'm going to do. And watch what God does. I said, watch what God does. I love our family verse and song, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know why? Because we said, Lord, we want to do whatever you want us to do. And guess what? God's had his hand on it and kept it on us. Glory, hallelujah. And I'm thankful for that. No, don't, no, 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 no. Don't look at me like, well, you know, life's just been perfect. No, 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 no. No, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. There's crazy stuff going on right now. But guess what? We can still stay the course and be steady, knowing that God's in control. Now, here's the last thing, and I'm through. Aren't you glad this morning? We might make it out of here for lunchtime. Oh, never mind. It's already after lunch. Look at verse 27. Here's how it ends. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So preacher, what do you, what do you, what do you get from this? 
Well, here's what I would say to you is that if we're going to stay the course, then the glory of God has to always be our focus. The glory of God. Everything that we do as a church, our corporate worship, our music, our preaching, how we handle our business, how we reach out into our community, how we serve one another, how we love one another, everything that we do is to be about the glory of God. As individuals, how we live, how we conduct ourselves, how we speak to each other, what we do, how, you know, the places that we go, everything. Listen, listen to this. Everything is to be done with an understanding that one day you and me, we will stand before God and we will give an account of ourselves. And we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And if we'll keep that our focus and continually give Him the glory in and through our lives, guess what? Stay right there. You stay right there. My son, I'm glad to have all my kids under my roof. I slept pretty good last night. It was either that or the NyQuil. And my son... When he, was, when he was about that tall, you know, I was teaching him how to be a gentleman, how to open the doors for his mom and his sisters and stuff like that. And he's a little guy. And he, you know, it was funny because we'd go to Walmart and it had the automatic doors. And so he thought he was a Jedi and had the force. The door would open. But when we got to some of these buildings, you know, some of these stores or, 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 or restaurants and they had the, the glass doors or the doors that you open. He'd walk up there and try to push that door open. And so I just kind of, as his dad, you know, teaching him, and I'd walk up behind him, and he, he couldn't push that door open. He's trying to push it and push it and push it. And so I'd just reach up, you know, above him, and he wouldn't even know it, and he'd be pushing it. He's thinking, I'm, I push that door open. And so he'd get the big head, and he'd run to the next door and start to grab it, get away from me. And he's over there grunting and growling. I'm like, hang on, buddy, you know. He didn't realize I was... You, see, it, what, what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is this the same way with us. You, you stay close to God, He's got His hand on you. But the moment you get away from Him and you try to do it on your own and your way and however you want to do it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to run into supreme. And it's not going to be easy because you don't have His strength. You don't have his hand. You know what Paul's saying to them believers in Rome? Listen, here's, here's what he's saying. I love, I love his heart. Guys, you got some good things going here. I want you to stay the course. And I'm praying for God's hand to stay on you. But if it's going to stay on you, this is what you got to do. You got to keep preaching my gospel. You got to keep proclaiming it. You got to listen, you got you to make the word of God the authority in your life. And you've got to maintain focusing on giving Him the glory. You veer from that. You veer from that and you're forfeiting His strength to keep you. If there's anything I could say to you this morning, it's this. Don't veer from those things. Don't veer from them. Let's all stand.